The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. Joining us on the phone this morning is a candidate running for Vermont's lone congressional seat, and that is Becca Balin. She would be the very first woman and very first out queer representative for the state of Vermont in history if she wins. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Here. Thank you for the invitation. So my first question um, is about your car because it's it's so it, – <laughs> seriously, one of the things that I read about you is that – you know, and I love this because we were just having this wonderful conversation um, with Sky about organizing and the importance of really just, you know, well, driving around um, precinct mm-hmm. to precinct, door to door, talking to voters, yeah. really going around the state. And you've been doing that in a bright yellow Honda Fit. And you've yes. been singing Alicia Keys at the top of your lungs. It's true. This is in the Washington that's Post. True. Yes. Tell us, tell, take us inside the Honda Fit, because that's just fun. Okay. I, I like that the, that image in my brain. <laughs> okay, so so I'll tell you. I'll go back uh, and tell you how it is that I came to have a bright yellow Honda Fit. <laughs> so um, my wife, uh, she said, "Look, we we need a new car. Our car had it was on its last legs." She said, "If you do all the legwork." If you secure the loan, if you, you know, do all the shopping, you can pick out the color. And I said, do you, do you mean that? Like, for real? Do I get to pick the color? She was like, yes, you get to pick the color. So I come home with this bright yellow car. Said, oh, man. She said, I didn't think you'd go for yellow. She said, I feel like I'm driving a taxi. Um, but it's so fun. It makes people smile everywhere I go. It really that does. is so great. I drive up in that thing, and they're like, this is your car? I'm like, yes, this is my car. And it fits with uh, just sort of my whole aesthetic around how to run a campaign, that it has to be about joy mm-hmm. and kindness and courage. And so this little Honda Fit had a whole rack of suits in the back and a box of shoes and <laughs> too many half-chewed sandwiches to even mention on air, I think. Um, no, no, no. I mean, you can eat. mention that. Give people – because one of the things that I, I – I'm laughing at this, and I, I loved this because – when I worked as an organizer in Virginia, you know, I didn't drive a yellow Honda Fit. I drove my mom's, like, I think it was a an older Lexus, which sounds very fancy, but it was my mom's car. She was like, you can drive right. this. Um, yeah. But it's the same thing. I didn't have suits, but I had, like, sneakers and, like, sunscreen. Yep. <laughs> um, definitely yes. half-eaten food. Um, definitely, like, wrappers from McDonald's. Like, all those kinds yes. of things. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. At one point, I emptied out 15 coffee cups and uh 20 seltzer cans so um so many so many you know hours on the road and you know i had uh, sometimes i was driving but a lot of times i had a driver and we would um also listen to a lot of brandy carlisle that was the other thing we listened ah. to a lot of and just I, like um on the road and um singing along i love that because it, i mean it, it's very relatable 
I mean, everybody's done that before. But also, you should know that this is what a campaign should be like. It's not always like this, right? People are not always driving around in their Honda Fit, um, you know, and actually engaging with voters. A lot of campaigns now are people dialing for dollars on the telephone and then getting dark money. And then the commercials running against their opponents. And they don't actually have to do anything. They don't actually hold town halls. They don't actually, like, meet anybody or talk to any voter. So, again, that's why the, the Honda Fit stuck out. To me, because um, it's it's like that real grassroots um, style campaign that we need more of. Um, we do. Twenty twenty two. You are when, so right, and and for, yeah. and and voters want that. Yeah, that's what they want. Yeah. yeah. Um, I started the conversation by mentioning that you would be the first woman and first out queer person. Mm-hmm in history um, to represent the state of Vermont. I mean, why Mm -hmm. do you think representation matters? It's representation matters. is sort of like the catchphrase that everybody throws out. Um, But we don't ever really ask people who would be the first, why they think it matters. So why do you think it it does matter that you're a woman and an out queer person and have those lived experiences? How would that make you a better congressperson? I really appreciate that question. And I always like to start by, letting people know, I believe I am the best candidate in this race. And I say that because it's so interesting when, when you're running as a woman, when you're running as a queer person, there are always those voices that are like, you know, I think it's important that we, we elect the right person. And what they mean by that is like another man. And so I just want to put out there, I believe I am the best candidate. I happen to also be it's a woman. It's funny. It's like when a, white guy's, be, when a white guy's right. running, they never say like, we really should elect the best person. Nobody exactly. says that when the white guy's running. <laughs> Not never, never, <laughs> never. And so, and I also know it's incredibly important for um, just regular people across Vermont to see somebody representing them. Yes. So I've had so many parents bring their, their daughters and sons uh, to meet me at events because I am going to be the first woman and the first queer person. So that is incredibly powerful. And I didn't have those role models growing up. I didn't have anybody in my family who had run for office. I didn't know of any out gay politicians except for Harvey Milk. Um, I'd heard about him and he had been you know, assassinated. And so it is, it is incredibly important to be able to picture yourself, to see yourself. We say we want a more representative Congress. And in order to do that, right, people need to be able to picture themselves. And I'm, you know, I've been really clear with voters as I'm traveling around, I want to make it easier for the next person. I want to bring people up behind me. Um, not one and done. You know, mm-hmm. this is about truly having Congress represent um, all of America. And also, the conversation changes when there are women in the room, when there are queer people in the room. You know, I'm the child of an immigrant. When you have that lens, the conversation changes and you get better policy. So for all of those reasons, I think it's important. I like that the conversation changes. And it is true. Um, and I know yeah. that even from just my my lived experience as well, sure. of being one of, one of, you know, the only women or one of the only black person in the room is like my whole yeah. life. And so... It does change because you're the person that raises your hand and you're like, hey, um, you yeah. haven't considered this point. Exactly. <laughs> hi, I'm, hi. Exactly. I have a I have a question. <laughs> I have something yeah. to add. Um, when you think about some of the sort of culture war, I, I, I hate that term. 
you know, the, mm-hmm. the fight that people are having over the fact that the demographics are shifting in the country. And while mm-hmm. Vermont mm-hmm. might not be on the front lines of sort of yeah. where Texas or Arizona is in terms of the racial demographic shifts, I think right. Vermont, right. in a lot of ways, um, you know, you're the sort of bullhorn um, mm-hmm. for expanding rights. I mean, it's I, I have mm-hmm. it, from folks mm-hmm. who've been up to Vermont or New Hampshire, you know, is a very libertarian streak uh, up there. And people... Mm-hmm believe in like people having freedom and liberty not the other way around and the the way yes. where we're headed is the opposite direction of really what the people that i've met in vermont <laughs> yes, the, uh, yes. what, what they want i mean their elected representative um in the senate one of them is bernie sanders <laughs> so yes. um yes. you understand yes. sort of where their voters are coming from but when you think about some of these culture war issues and we're post-dobs mm-hmm. so we know that you know sort of the next fight um after reproductive rights is going to be LGBTQ plus yep. rights and equality. How, yep. how do you see yourself as sort of a representative of the people in your state from those backgrounds who have those rights that are really under assault right now? How are you going to yeah. go into Congress and work to protect and uphold those, those rights and protections? I appreciate that. It's so important to me. And so, you know, to take you back to the campaign, you know, I really ran on, a progressive, democratic, pro-labor, pro-rights campaign. And we ended up putting together a pretty broad coalition of um, rural, what you would consider in Vermont conservative, it's not the same as a Texas conservative, but uh, rural conservatives, suburban liberals, you know, had endorsers from across the political spectrum, people who believed that we needed to have um, a really strong voice for reproductive rights, for LGBTQ rights, for the rights of labor. And I think we were successful because it goes back to what you were saying before about the yellow fit, like my authenticity, like Mm -hmm. really talking to people where they were at about their struggles and knowing that at this moment when democracy itself feels in peril, Mm -hmm. that we need courageous leadership. And that means a leadership that is inclusive of everyone. And for you know, I feel like I was the, the right messenger at, at the right time, um, really, you know, talking about how we have to be able to talk to our neighbors again here in Vermont. You know, we are a very small state, and we often joke that we're kind of like one big neighborhood, mm-hmm. and that we, you know, over and over on the campaign trail, I heard people say, I want to be able to talk to my neighbors again, even when we have signs on our lawns that disagree you know, with one another. And we had a really broad coalition supporting us in our, uh, we codified Roe v. Wade in statute um, several years ago, and we actually have reproductive rights, um, a reproductive liberty amendment on the ballot for our state constitution in November. And so many people supported that um, constitutional amendment when it worked its way through the Senate twice. We had Uh, Democrats and Republicans who voted for it because people want us to be protecting their rights. And I think there has been, as you said, an erosion of rights. We see in uh, Justice uh, Thomas's uh, memo, you know, we know what he's got his sights on next. And Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we are prepared for that and are not flat-footed. So I hope to be a real full-throated protector of, of these rights. And it's you know, obviously personal to be both as a woman as and as a queer person. It's so important. And you mentioned the, the 
the tax on democracy, and that's the conversation we're having in the last segment, because, you know, there are so many different ones. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously in the cycle you are running in, there are other people mm-hmm. running in other states um, yeah. for Congress and for the Senate and for governor and for secretary of state that are like, don't believe in democracy. They're like, democracy is right. like, in a, you know, that's like an aside. Yeah. That's a side issue. We're actually just going to do what we want to do for our own partisan interests. I mean, when you think about yeah. the anti-democratic forces at play in this election yeah. cycle, how important do you think it is for everybody to like go all in in this election as if it could be the last one? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's how I've been talking about it on the campaign trail. That has been resonating with so many voters in Vermont. That had been my message from the beginning, partly because of my own family's experience, my grandfather being killed in the Holocaust. We talk about authoritarianism and in my family growing up and what it looks like when rights are being eroded, that it doesn't happen all at once. It happens little by little. And that's what we've seen since um you know, in earnest since the rise of, of Trump in the primary and see more of that. And I think we have to be clear eyed that we have people, as you said, running for office right now who fundamentally don't believe in constitution. They don't believe in the the rule of law. They you know, that when they're signaling even before a campaign has been run that they're going to oppose the outcome if they don't win, right? This is textbook autocrat kind of um, you know, playbook. And so I do think we need to vote and we need to organize and we need to be activated with a sense that we are watching the democracy slip away if we don't take a stand right now. And I, when I was talking about that at the beginning of the campaign, I wasn't sure how that would resonate, but thousands of Vermonters, you know, over the course of the campaign would come up to me after events and say, that is how I feel right now. You are Mm -hmm. speaking to exactly how I feel. Yeah. So if you're elected, you'll be a new member of Congress. Um, I've never been a member of Congress, so I don't know what it's like to be a new member of Congress. Do you? <laughs> How do you? I mean, you know, obviously, like, there, there's a lot of diff- there's a full range of the way you can be as a new member of Congress. There's everything from, yeah. like, you know, AOC to, I don't know, name an, a different person who doesn't have as high, you know, name recognition or profile. Right. How do you right. plan on approaching being a new member of Congress where, you know, you're going to have to learn, like, you're going to have to get the handbook at the beginning and, like, figure everything right. out, like, where the meetings actually happen. Um, how do you plan yeah. on approaching that? I really appreciate that question. I was actually just communicating with our current congressman about that um, mm-hmm. right after my win. Uh, congressman Welch and I had a conversation, and, and he said, you know, so what are you thinking here? you know, strategy is going to be going in. And I said, my strategy for the first few months is to watch and listen and learn. And that's the strategy that I took when I was first elected to the Senate here in Vermont, that when you are part of any team, and especially one like Congress, where so there are so many dynamics playing out uh, in public, behind the scenes, the unsaid. And so I want to really become a sponge and just watch and learn, figure out who's effective, how they're effective. I want to be able to deliver for all of those people that supported me in this race. So laborers, the firefighters, IBEW, you know, I have a big coalition here in Vermont. I want to make sure I'm effective. And what I've learned coming up through the legislature here in Vermont is a way that you can be effective right off the bat is watch and listen, you know, build a coalition of mentors, people who can help guide you in being effective and, you know, I have 
I'm so lucky because I'm coming behind uh, Congressman Welch. I'm also coming behind Bernie, who is in the House. Mm-hmm. And they're very different people. They have different strategies for being effective. And I think they're both going to be great mentors to me in figuring that out. What do you what have you learned from Bernie? Um, you know, it, it, I think that obviously being, um, you know, a really important progressive voice in the Senate um, is is part of his role. Right. Sort of being that left right. part of this of the spectrum to sort of articulate what's possible, even though within the system we currently have, it may not be achievable. And like the first the first try. Um, what have you learned from him about one, how to raise your voice, but also two, how to be patient because the system yeah, yeah. is slow. Is slow. Yes, yes. So, you know, a couple things. One, when you look back on when Bernie was mayor here in Vermont, when you look back on when he was first in the House, um, his message hasn't changed. Right there, he is concerned. We have to protect working people. We have to shore up the middle class. We have to make sure that all of the work that we do is focused on how do we help regular people have a life of dignity. And it's amazing when you go back to look at the clips from when he was first elected. He is saying the same thing. You know, there's some changes here and there, but really he's been so focused. And, like, that focus is incredibly refreshing, right? It's just like, yes. This, you need to be clear-eyed about this. The other thing that I learned from watching Bernie is that, you know, in the same way that I travel around in my, you know, yellow fit talking to people, you know, he always makes sure that when he is traveling around Vermont, he makes sure that when he has any event, people are fed, you know, there's music, and that he has time to talk to regular people. And that was something that he said to me um, when he was discussing uh, whether he would endorse me in the primary. He said, Becca, I need to know that you're going to be someone who is going to continue to do that face-to-face, you know, interactions with Vermonters. He said, mm-hmm. "I, you can't be in a bubble. You always have to be in touch with regular people all the time so that you know what's really going on. And the last thing I would say I watched you know, him do is he would always figure out what bills were moving in Congress and, and make sure that he could get an amendment attached that would help his, his folks back home. He's been a champion for veterans, been a ch- champion for, for working people. And, you know, as I said, I think he and, and Congressman Welch are really going to help me figure out how to be effective. When you're just one, right, Vermont only gets one congressperson, you got to build a broad coalition. And um, I'm really excited. I don't know if you can tell him. I've no, I can but, tell. I mean, yeah. what I, I, I knew this conversation was going to be fun when I – um, saw that you were singing Alicia Keys at the top of your lungs like that's <laughs> totally my my jam and like earlier I was I mean this is a true story like just before you join I was telling people that my new sort of themes I mean I'm really into k-pop Tuesdays we have a whole k-pop themed music day because like <laughs> right. it's very upbeat it's just like about happiness yeah. um, and one of the songs I was listening to was like about blocking out your haters and like covering your ears mm-hmm. and s- singing like la di da whatever and um, we played it earlier so I am this is totally my vibe, like singing yeah, my that. anthems, top yeah. of my lungs. That's how I survive. Um, and that's how we're surviving this moment. Becca Balin, candidate for Congress in Vermont. How can people um, get involved in your campaign and look up more information? Yes, please. Just go to BeccaBalant.com, B-E-C-C-A-B-A-L-I-N-T.com. 
Thank you so much um, oh for God, joining us this you. morning. It's been so great to have you. Um, I just envision you now driving off into the sunset in your yellow Honda Fit, and it makes me smile. <laughs> yeah, and the other one that I've been playing is Lizzo. It's about oh, Lizzo! That's a good, that's quality selection. That's on the playlist. Um, thank you so much for being here this morning. It was so great to have you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.